Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the United States Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again, former football coach in the Granite State, Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing this week? Doing great, Joe. Thanks for asking. All right. As always, uh, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. You can listen to the show Tuesday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. And uh, one thing I want to remind everyone of before we get started, uh, this is the final week that you can sign up for one of our uh, high school football memberships or one of our, our field hockey memberships, if you're also into uh, into field hockey as well. Um, Friday will be the final day for that. Uh, what that is is uh, the membership gives you access to all of our fall sports coverage. Uh, so that's every story that's posted on nh-highschoolsports.com throughout the fall season. Yeah, uh, you will be able to uh, to check out and read, uh, and then at the end of the year, we'll be sending you a copy of our football yearbook, which is a full color magazine that contains all of that coverage that was online, along with a bunch of photos, uh, some other stats and standings and scores uh, from this season. Uh, you'll get a copy of that at the end of the year, so you can sign up uh, for that membership by going to the site nh-highschoolsports.com. And at the top of the homepage, there's a tab that says membership, and click on that, and uh, you uh, hopefully hopefully can uh, sign up from there. So yeah, uh, Friday's the last day for that, and uh, Friday's also uh, another football day, and a pretty big one this week. Uh, we got a bunch of rivalry games to uh, to talk about. Before we get into that, we're going to look back uh, at last week's games. Um, actually, even before that, uh, I wanted to mention. Um, just kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, of course, we've had a couple games get canceled the last couple weeks due to uh, some COVID uh, concerns. And as far as I know, there's um, there's still no plan in place on what to do about these games, uh, which the more and more I think about it is uh, quite an oversight, I think, uh, by everyone involved here. Yeah, I... I I'm trying to remember who's been down, but I think Goffstown, is that correct? Goffstown has had its last two games. Uh, they were supposed to play uh, Central two weeks ago, Memorial last week. <coughs> Excuse me, both teams um, had to pause their programs because of, uh, I don't know if it was exactly COVID within the program or there were close contacts or what. I mean, there's no no real, or not, you know, too many details on the record here uh, as far as like, right, right. Uh, but yeah, Goffstown, yeah, I knew Central had shut down. Yep, those so the both um, both the Manchester schools there uh, were <laughs> shut down. Uh, so that led to uh, Goffstown's last two games against the, each of those teams getting uh, canceled. You also had uh, Central's game last week with Exeter uh, taken off the board, and then two weeks ago, Monadnock, Kearsarge, and Newfound Summersworth were also not played. Uh, for the same reasons, um, but I mean the the question now is is what's going to happen with those games? Um, you know, are you going to get the teams that didn't have to cancel that didn't get COVID? Um, are they going to get a, a forfeit win? Should they get a forfeit win? You know, should the other teams? Yeah, or be, do they just go know? by a uh, like a winning percentage kind of formula? I don't, it's I weird mean, because it felt like there were more. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but it felt like last season there was more structure in place to kind of handle 
the you know the the environment that we were facing into, which was you never knew week to week whether you were going to have a program up or down. Um, this year, it was almost like they kind of went into it with uh, a business as usual approach. Right, like the. But, the, but every... we've had just as much, if not more, impacts this year. Well, what's kind of yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think this year it was viewed as and and you know this this goes for everyone across the board. I'm not just saying it's the NHIA. You know, I I will take a look at myself too. You know, as a media person, um, you know, I went up there on media day last month and did not ask the question. What do you plan on doing if someone gets COVID? If a, a football, you know, football gets COVID or, or some other sport gets COVID and has to cancel right. a game. I didn't even think to ask it. And I'm, from what I understand, it, no one really thought that it would be a problem, which, I mean, in hindsight, sounds a little ridiculous. Um, but you're right. We are, last year, there was so much more structure or, or so much more concern, I think, uh, in place over how we were doing things and how we were keeping everyone safe that, that this year it just kind of, I hate to say it, but it slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I guess I would figure that by the letter of the law, it would be a forfeit by the team who had to bow out of the game. Right. I I think that's kind of how it would go. Now, I don't know whether they have a different approach to it now because of the pandemic, but in, in past years, it would be, you know, if you had to bow out of a game or, you know, if you had done something like uh, you, know, you played an ineligible or something like that, you know, <laughs> like you'd end up in a forfeit loss. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. Maybe there's somebody who's listening who actually knows the answer, wow. um, who could shoot you a note or whatever and, and kind of educate us, because I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure either. But I personally, I think it should go in as a as a, a forfeit win for the team that didn't have to drop out of the game right um you know it just i mean that just seems the easiest way to handle it to me i, I yeah. mean it's, it's not being punitive or like trying to punish the, right. the team that didn't right. do it but how else you know otherwise you get into some really interesting stuff with winning percentages but then you could say hey look you know if you missed uh you know if you missed games against you know powerhouse teams for example right say i avoided you know Pinkerton and, and uh, you know, whoever, right, Goffstown, and then I ended up playing some weaker teams and, and didn't end up having those two games, you know, how do you factor that in? Yeah. It's almost right. impossible, you know? Right. Um, yeah, so so hopefully, hope, either way, one way or the other, hopefully it's something that's figured out soon, because I feel like, it, you know, th- if it's not, it's something that's just going to kind of hang over the season, you know, f- right. until we get to late October. Um you know, so hopefully it's it's figured out relatively quickly. And um, you know, I I am gonna gonna just mention this briefly again. Um, I, I I know I, I kind of brought it up last week, and I'll bring it up again. But there is a way to avoid all of this, uh, and that's to uh, to get vaccinated. So you know, just just throwing that out there. Um, yeah. So let's um let's actually talk about some games that did get played. How's that sound? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this was a, this was kind of a weird week for both of us just because of, um, you know, scheduling, um, I think for both of us, both, uh, in our football lives and in our non-football lives. Um, and then looking at the games that were played, a big majority of them were played on Friday. Um, so until I think either one of us figures out how to be in more than one place at a time, uh, we're always going to have trouble with that. Right. 
Um, but I did get out to see uh, a game Friday night, uh, Lebanon at Milford, uh, battle of two D2 teams that, that were 2-0 and to start the season. And, um, you know, if you're looking at the, the stats afterwards, um, kind of seems like a, a, a game that Lebanon should have or would have been in control of for most of the night, but but really it was uh, it wasn't until late in the game that, that that the Raiders were able to take control of that game and and, and pull out a um, uh, twenty-seven to fourteen win over Milford. Um, you know, Milford had a lead for most of the game. They were able to take advantage of Lebanon's mistakes, um, and and you know for for a good amount of time it looked like they were going to come out with a win there. Yeah, you know, I, I can't say that it surprises me because I think we know how good Lebanon is. You know, it, it, it may be Lebanon's division right now, although, you know, I'm sure that there's there's a few D2 teams who would have something to say about that comment, and I, I don't blame them. But, you know, all evidence on paper would seem to say that they're, they're a pretty early favorite if they stay healthy and, and keep playing well. Um, so it, it, I can't say it surprises me, but I, I guess – it also wouldn't have surprised me to see Milford win that game. And maybe a better way of putting that is, hey, if I had to pick, you know, I probably would have, I probably, you know, I would have picked um, Lebanon. But it wouldn't have surprised me to see Milford win, just because I, I had seen Milford the week before against Sauhegan. I thought they were impressive. Um, I, I thought that that might have been a, a game that would have been even less in contention if Milford hadn't been the one to shoot themselves in the foot a couple times. You know, I think I, I had mentioned they had a couple of um, penalties on special teams and some turnovers and some things that uh, didn't help them. So it was interesting to, to hear about that game and hear that it was actually Lebanon who were the ones that were, were kind of dealing with a bunch of adversity, and Milford was able to capitalize a little bit, especially in the first half. Yeah, um well, I I will state for the record you did actually pick Lebanon uh, in in our picks last week. So, oh, that's uh, right. that's right. I did. <laughs> you know, if I had the chance to do that, which, <laughs> which apparently did. I did. You know what it is, Joe? I I put the the picks, the pigskin profit picks on your site, so far out of my memory at this point because I got <laughs> lambasted in week two. That I, I just like I just I'm still recovering from that. I know I had a better week this past week, but oh my god, week two. I'm like, you might as well call this pigskin buffoons because I, I don't <laughs> think I think I got like one right it was terrible and we we all had a nice bounce back week this past week but um yeah yeah this week felt better <laughs> yeah Mil- um going back to what you said Milford taking advantage of, of stuff yeah they they scored their first touchdown uh off of a Lebanon fumble um they got the ball back at the Raiders 27 um and really just ground out a uh, touchdown drive there they they went needed eight plays to go those 27 yards, um, you know, and they, and scored, uh, and Lebanon needed all of, uh, it got a nice kickoff return and then needed two plays to get it to answer, uh, with, uh, wow. with Jackson stone scoring on a 50 yard touchdown run. Um, and then, then I guess that's where things kind of started to get weird because there was a lot of weird stuff that happened in this game. Um, you know, from I wasn't standing, you know, straight on looking at the goalposts when when Lebanon uh, kicked the point after. But uh, you know, I was I was at the other end of the field and it was close. Um, but I could have sworn that the ball went through the uprights. Uh, but the officials called it no good. So Milford led seven six then. Um, you know, and then uh, Lebanon had a chance for the lead at the end of the first half. They lined up to kick a field goal. 
And, um, you know, the, the ball, like, they brought out a tee for the field goal attempt. The ball rolled off the tee somehow uh, so that the kicker kicked the point of it, and it went straight into the line um, for, I guess, what you would technically call a blocked field goal. Uh, yeah. But even if there was no one there, I, I mean, it would have been quite the kick if it had, had gone through. Um, so they had a blocked field goal at the end of the end of the half. Uh, Milford gets the ball to start the second half. And I don't know if I've ever seen this before. Lebanon had four 15-yard penalties on this drive. Uh, they got called for a late hit out of bounds. Um, you know, Which as, I heard was kind of questionable. Uh, I... I it could have been. I, uh, to be honest, I was on the opposite side of the field. It happened on the Lebanon sideline. Um, I so I couldn't see if the the Milford player was it was actually out of bounds, but it could have been. Um, yeah, I, I had heard from a couple people that it, it looked like the the player was trying to turn back in bounds, <laughs> and it gotten hit while still in bounds. So, yeah, it, it was. Okay. It was. Uh, <laughs> there was there were several comments about that drive, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so as the as the officials are coming back to to you know, set the ball and get ready for the next play, the head official throws another flag and gives calls Lebanon for an unsportsmanlike penalty. Uh, so clearly somebody on the field said something to him um, that they shouldn't yeah. have. So that's another 15 yards on top of that. So Milford goes from all of us, from like being about at about their own 25 to now they're at close to midfield. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, you know what? Before we started saying all this, I probably should have gotten out my notes so I could remember exactly what happened. Um, you know, Lebanon ended up with another unsportsmanlike uh, penalty on the drive. Um, a couple of plays later, so now Milford's at the, the Lebanon twenty-four with a first down, and it looks like they're going to stall there. They run for no gain, run for a loss of one, and then get sacked for a loss of five. Take a time, so it's now fourth and sixteen. They take a timeout, yeah. throw a pass that looked like it might have gotten caught. I, I, that even was tough to tell, and they didn't actually signal whether it was a catch or not um, because there was another flag, this time for defensive pass interference on Lebanon. So that then made it four, oh. fourth and one. Milford lines up to go for it, and then they jump on, you know, off sides. They, call it, they false start, which you, <laughs> you could hear the coaches screaming, How, why are you jumping when we don't have a play called? So they were just going up there trying to draw Lebanon. Oh, no, they were sides. trying to draw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now it's fourth and six, and uh, as uh, you know, Milford's quarterback uh, Chuck Erda drops back to pass, and as he's letting the ball go, this and this, I actually was surprised there wasn't a flag thrown for this. Um, you know, he lets go of a, a great pass, and as he's doing so, he gets drilled in the head um, by a Lebanon defender. Um, the pass is caught by uh, Milford's Trice Cody, and he just kind of walks by three Lebanon players and into the end zone. Like, they all kind of stood around like, wait a minute, he actually caught that? Uh, huh. and, and that's how they scored, um, to make it 14-6. And then Lebanon turns around goes right back down the field. Um, and they needed a few more plays this time. Uh, six plays, to be exact, to go 70 yards, scored on a C.J. Ch uh, Childs touchdown run. Uh, but then the conversion was uh, pass attempt on the conversion was incomplete, made it 14-12. Milford still got the lead. Uh, it wasn't until, um, you know, late in the fourth quarter that, that Stone returned a punt uh, 55 yards for a touchdown to, that Lebanon finally went on top. And then they were able to tack on another one um, 
in the final minute. So just a, a game that, that, like I said, if you look at just the stats, um, they had more yards than Milford, uh, you know, better average yards per play, uh, just a, a lot of stuff that was in their favor. It's just that they had these penalties, the one turnover of the game, um, just a lot of things that, that could have cost them and, and eventually didn't cost them. Well, you know, let me ask you this. You've seen them live. I have not. I, I've certainly seen the scores and I've, I've read a little bit, but I haven't seen them play. What, what is your impression of Lebanon? Like, what type of team are they? How are they built? They, is, <laughs> do you, they are very what, good. What impression were you left with? with uh, you know, are they, are they for real? And Oh, yeah, they are, they, are, they are for real. I would, I mean, Milford is a good football team. And yeah. I really, like, if they were to play 10 times, uh, maybe this would have been the one that Milford won. Um, right. I think Lebanon was is a very good football team. They've got size. They've got speed. Um, they've got athletes. It looks like all over the field. This the speed is very good. Um, that's that's maybe the biggest thing. Um, yeah. Jackson Stone is is a a very big guy for a quarterback, and he runs very very well. Um, their passing game wasn't great Friday. Um, I don't know if that's something that they do. Uh, particularly do really well uh, at times or all the time, but did not look good on Friday. But I, I mean, they're they're a legit contender for for in Division Two. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I was just curious, genuinely, because heard so much about them. We've talked a lot about them. I I have yet to see them, so I'm kind of jealous that you got to <laughs> you got to take an up close and personal uh, look at them. I, w- I think they play somebody else down this way uh, at some point in the season uh, later in the year. Um, yeah, they play at bow on a, on a Saturday in October. Um, oh, okay. so, you know, opportunities there to, to check them out. I would, I mean, I, yeah. they were, I was impressed by them. Um, and you know, they've got a, a pretty big game this week too, uh, having to go to, uh, Guilford Belmont on Saturday, another team that's three and O. So that's a nice, yep. a neat matchup. Um, and then the other big matchup in the, in the division this weekend, you got, um, Three and O Timberlane and three and O Plymouth playing each other, as well. Um, I believe that game is also. Yeah. Or is that is that, a, is that a first time meeting, or did they play last year? They play. I believe they played last year. Uh, yeah. Like maybe like the first or second week of the year, and that this game coming up is on Saturday at Plymouth. Uh, but I believe they played a year ago. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, so that that should be a, a two interesting games. Kind of neat too that you've got um, you got five teams in Division Two that are three and zero, and four of them are playing each other this weekend. Yeah, and two really kind of good games, like yeah. like marquee kind of uh, rivalry games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot about um, a lot of teams this weekend. I think, uh, of course, Plymouth uh, coming off um, a win at Bow this past weekend. Uh, Bo was able to get out and play for the first time since the uh, the tragic passing of uh, of, of Nick Roulette and, and his younger brother Gavin. Um, it sounds like they had a, a tremendous uh, showing there uh, last Friday night. You know, for that game. Um, you know, I know they did uh, did lose that game or Plymouth won that game. Um, I'm trying to remember what the score was. Uh, I got to remember to look these things up before I start talking about them. Uh, Twenty-eight to six was the final uh, for Plymouth in yeah. that one. Um, so obviously not the outcome that they wanted, but I think that's um, you know one of those situations where you just say that getting out there 
and playing the game was probably just as good as uh, any outcome you could hope for. Yeah, I think, you know, it had to have been a lot of emotion and, and uh, you know, obviously difficult not to be distracted by that emotion. But the other side of it is just to just to have the program return to a sense of normalcy, get out there, strap the pads on, play, have things in perspective, right? You know, I mean, it's just a game, right? There's there's game and then there's life. Um, that's a, that, that certainly must have been hanging over a lot of kids' heads. But uh, I would think it was a very healthy thing for those boys to get back out there and just, just get back to what they love doing. And, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, – I'm sure that the Willette family was never far from either teams on either side, Plymouth or Bow, from their minds uh, as they were playing. But I do think it was healthy that they got out there and that they played the game and 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 had some fun. You know, I mean, you've you've got to be able to uh, to have that be part of the process right. when dealing with these kind of yeah. things. So that 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 I was very very happy that they uh, they were able to play that game. Right. Um, and, you know, it's been amazing to see some of this, the a lot of the support from other programs as well. A lot of places, um, you know, having a moment of silence. Um, they did at Milford um, before their game. Um, you know, the the I, I think I've seen some schools have, have made their own decals uh, with with um, Nick's number 55 on there uh, to yep. wear for this season. So it's it's been it's been heartwarming to see um, the way the the football community has kind of rallied around um, around the bow program. Yeah, I mean, it sounds. I, I don't. I hope this doesn't sound obvious, but you know, it, it, there's there's moments like this that happen every so often that remind you that as much as you want to beat your opponent, and as much as you might hate quote unquote your rival, you know, all these teams they're all just they're all just players just like yeah. everybody else, yeah. you know, like they're just dudes like us is, is, is what you have to remind yourself of sometimes. Right. And, you know, you, you kind of find that out at things like the East West game and the shrine bowl, right. When those, the all-star teams get together and they're like, Oh man, you know, we were playing against these guys, uh, you know, once or twice this year and yeah, they're not bad guys, right. These guys are cool. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we're all just, we're all just high school football players. Right. Right. Um, there's no evil villains on the other team and stuff is, is really what I'm trying to say. So it's, it is, it is a, it's a tough way to have to remind yourself of that, but it's, it's really nice to kind of see, you know, coaches talk about that stuff. Hey, we're all brothers at the end of this thing, right? We're all kind of going through the same practices and we all make the same sacrifices and stuff like that. And yeah. You want to beat each other, but at the end of the day, we're all New Hampshire football, you know, it's, it's kind of one big brotherhood, but it's nice to, to, to see that that's, actions rather than just words you know when these programs kind of support each other and rally around each other and i think it's because you can see yourself in the mirror all too easily when something like this happens meaning you know that could have been our team yeah what if we lost one of the guys that we loved you know one of our teammates and so it's 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 uh i think it's one of those things that really holds a mirror up to your own program and it makes you thankful for the guys you have around you and it, it also makes your heart ache a little bit for the you know, how that other family must be feeling. So, yeah, it's been awesome, right? It's been all over Twitter and social media. I saw the decals you were talking about on the back of the helmets. I just thought that was first class all around. Good stuff. Yeah, and, um, you know, hopefully they're, you know, I, they, as you said, they're, they'll move on through their season and, and 
you know they'll they'll play for you know for Nick and and in his memory and and hopefully things kind of get to feel a little bit normal um you know as they go along and yep. uh you know like we said there's it, it, it's an interesting interesting weekend um coming up um you know division 1 is, is it's usually or it's that rivalry kind of weekend which we'll we'll talk about uh in a little bit um you know but there's a i want to say what uh my math is correct 12 no 14 undefeated teams i think uh 5 each in D1 D2 uh, four in D three and two in D four, so that's actually sixteen. Uh, nice counting, Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, math was not my uh, not my major. Um, you know, and and a lot of those teams are playing each other. You know, we mentioned um, Guilford, Belmont, and Lebanon, and then Plymouth Timberlane in D three. You've got Campbell and uh, and Trinity playing each other this this weekend uh, in yep. a matchup of two three and O teams. Um, you know, and that, that game's Friday night at Trinity, or excuse me, Friday night at Campbell, uh, where they're going to be bringing in some lights, uh, for that game, it looks like. So that should be, uh, that should be an interesting one. Um, but then in, um, in D4, we had, uh, this past weekend, probably, uh, you know, it, those, those who also listen to the, the lacrosse podcast know that we often brought up, uh, you know, uh, things that only happen in high school sports. And uh, if you look at in Division Four this past weekend, uh, there was a game between Muscoma and Summersworth. Uh, Summersworth won that one quite handily, forty-nine to eight. Um, and unfortunately for Muscoma, they weren't able to practice Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, uh, with the reason yeah. being that there was a failed water pump in the school that closed the school for two days, uh, and didn't for some reason they weren't allowed to practice. Uh, which is, you know, how often do you hear that happening, that a football team isn't able to practice because there's a failed water pump in the school? You know, that's really weird. I seem to remember that there was some kind of a rule that said if school was canceled, then then all yeah, of it's the... it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be it. Yeah, you know, but it was it was really like with snow days and stuff, right? Like if the, if the, if there was a snow day, then then all after-school activities are canceled as well. That's a different one because, you know, obviously snow days you would say, well, hey, you know. It's not safe. The roads were deemed unsafe for travel to and from, you know, so we kind of tag the, uh, you know, the, the, the sports and extracurriculars after school with that. But for a, a you know, a, a, for you know lack of a better way of saying it, like a, a maintenance issue at the school, <laughs> who cares, right? I, I mean, I know. I, but no, I, I think you're right. I think um, the the school that comes to mind. I remember. I remember this actually from going going back a few years um, to um, her. Uh, no, was it the Superstorm Sandy, or maybe it was the year before that? There was an odd late October snowstorm that wiped out a power in a lot of places. Yes, and it took a while to get it back. And I remember um, specifically the Merrimack was one of those schools that um, they they couldn't. They couldn't part. They couldn't do any sports if there was no school, and even though the storm yeah. had been over for a couple of days, they still didn't have power in the school. So there were like tournament games that were getting pushed back because they couldn't. Their because their their rules stated that they couldn't play in those games, which I mean I I gotta imagine there's there's got to be some 
you know, gray area or, or just a little bit that you can, you know, a little bit of wiggle room where you can say, okay, well, this is an extreme circumstance. Uh, but I guess, well, I guess in this case, not. Well, it was about 10 years ago, but I, right. I, we had a, we had an October snowstorm. It might be the same one you were thinking of. We had an October snowstorm at the end of the football season. And when I was at Hollis Brookline, we had lost power in the school. And I, I distinctly remember, like, we went over to the Hampshire Dome and we practiced in the Hampshire Dome like 10 to 1130. Uh-huh. I, I don't remember why. I don't remember. <laughs> but but for whatever reason, there was no school. Yeah. But we ended up practicing like on some random morning, you know, a couple times that week or something. So, yeah, it's happened before. But I don't know. Maybe if you who knows? Yeah. yeah I, so, you, you know, that that's that's kind of a shame because you could look at that and say, well, you know, big delta there in the score but i mean geez if you don't if you don't practice all week you don't get a chance to put your game plan in or you know use the scout team and practice against stuff it's it's almost you know i mean what are you going to do <laughs> uh make sure all the water pumps in the school are up to date yeah i, I guess so pipes. um so uh you know as we as i mentioned or alluded to earlier big weekend in division one uh, with uh, a lot of rivalry games um, you had a couple of games from last weekend that were sort of kind of, uh, well, de- one of them definitely a rivalry. You had Pinkerton at Salem uh, was probably the, uh, the the game of the week there in D1 uh, because for a while, uh, especially the second quarter of that game, was just like a track meet that they went back and forth uh, trading touchdowns like, I mean, pretty much the entire quarter. I mean, you're looking at the scoring. I mean, there were three touchdown scores in, scored in the final minute of that half alone. Um, you know, and, and Pinkerton came out on top there, 49-21, um, you know, pulling away in the second half of that game, you know, and, and, you know, kind of the second week in a row where, you know, Salem, um, you know, last week it was BG's defense kind of slowing down their offense, you know, this past week it's Pinkerton, um, you know, moving the ball all over Salem's defense. So they, I don't know, is it, is it, is it time to panic if you're uh if you're a Salem fan? You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I think unless they've had injuries that I'm not aware of, I, I thought I heard somewhere that one of their backs was banged up. But it's not like they don't have enough speed to go around. Right, right. They've got the depth. Um, yeah, it's just they're they're breaking in some young kids on defense. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing that's that's interesting is is you you'd expect them. You know, I, I think sometimes you say, "Hey, wow, they've got you know you, you know a team has a high powered offense. You expect them to have a really fast." swarming kind of defense and sometimes it's just not the case right they're two very different um two very different things obviously right but a, a strong offense doesn't always translate into a strong defense and so maybe that's going to be their achilles heel i'm not sure I, I i you know i'm not sure that i would say it's time to panic although you know you've you've lost to to two pretty good opponents right i mean i mean i think if they had lost to some weaker opponents then you might say hey you know hit the panic button, but, you know, Pickerton is, is a good football team this year. And, you know, frankly, I think that that is a, uh, that in itself is kind of an interesting story because again, they had a, they had a very, very limited season last year. I think they only played one game, maybe two, three, three right? games. They, they got three. Did games. they play three games? Okay. Yeah. Um, so you get a lot of inexperience and they, they've come out and just right they're undefeated yeah. and they played a good schedule. So you've got, uh, you know, you've, if you're Salem, you look at it, you're, you're disappointed, obviously, but you 
you've also lost to some some decent teams. Um, and so, you know, I guess it's a, it's a matter of now, hey, buckle in in one game at a time. Let's refocus. Let's try to work on the things that we're not particularly good at right now that we've been kind of scuffling at and, uh, and try to salvage something from this. Of course, uh, Pinkerton has uh, will be hosting the uh, the annual Mac Plaque game uh, against Londonderry this weekend, uh, Friday night, seven o'clock in in Derry. Londonderry and Pinkerton both coming in at three and zero. Londonderry last week handed Bishop Girton its first loss, twenty nine thirteen. You know, I honestly I don't think you know if you would ask me, you know, going into week one. Um, I don't know if I would have thought either of the t- these teams would be undefeated um, going into this game, let alone both of them. Um, and then looking at some of their scores too, being the way that 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 they uh, turned out the way that they did, um, you know. So I'm I'm really anxious to see what happens in this game. Yeah, I, I think it probably wouldn't surprise you to either of them. They probably knew how good they were going to be. I'm sure the coaching staffs knew, but yeah, to the outside world, it, it is a bit of a surprise, right? I, I just mentioned. You don't really, you didn't really know what to expect from Pickerton Academy, given that they they didn't have a full season last year, and a lot of the Division One teams did. Um, and then Londonderry, I think they lost a lot of key talent. Right, the last two years, uh, yeah, they they're kind of they yeah yeah. If you look at their roster, it looks like it should be a little bit of a rebuilding year. Right, but you know it was a reloading year instead, and you know I mean obviously they've done a good job there, and they've got a lot of numbers, right? I think you said they were close to the. It's over a hundred. The triple yeah, digits mark yeah. for full program numbers. So, um, so yeah, you know, and, and I'm can I just one thing about that Mac Plack game when Pinkerton hosts it? I know that Pinkerton has that new the new facility they've had there for three or four years, and the lights and the turf now. But man, I got to tell you, I miss when they used to have that on Saturday afternoons in Pinkerton. <laughs> there was something really special about that game. I don't know whether it was because they had a whole bunch of other stuff going on too, and like the cross-country meet would run through there during the game. And, and it was, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I think it's cool that they have lights and everything, but I wish they would do the Mac Platt game on a Saturday afternoon. Well, we will, uh, we'll jot that one down, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I have a, I have a preference. <laughs> yeah. I have a preference to Friday night games. I, I like the lights. I like the, the, you know, the, the, I mean, I guess pageantry that comes with it, you know, just being, in that scenario, something something about it, I feel like just I don't know, gets me a little bit more hyped up for a game than a than a Saturday afternoon. Maybe that's well, because I'm not well, fully so here's, awake. So there's the deal then, right? N- number one, any listeners, you should write in and tell your preference on what the what do you, is is it <laughs> with saying, we should have our, Mike our, Lockman and hey, the the Mac Plack game is cool on on Saturday afternoon because it's different and there's all the the cross country stuff that goes on through there that everybody gets excited about. Or is Joe right, which I don't think he is, which is the uh, <laughs> the night game, right, is is uh, is a lot more fun. You, you know, I, and I, it's funny, Joe, because I haven't been to Pinkerton for a night game. It's been that long since I've been over there. I tried to get over there a couple of years ago, I think you remember, right. for uh, an afternoon game that was like, I don't think it was Pinkerton, though. It was like two other teams were going to play on Pinkerton right. Field. Right, I think uh, it was Sauhegan and Pelham were playing there because right, Pelham's right. field had been, it had been raining for a, for a week uh, 
happened. Exactly, right? Unbelievable. And then yeah. it, the schedule got screwed up, and I missed it by a couple hours or something, but whatever. Like, I haven't been over there for years. So oh, that's right now. I maybe, you know, so I, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't talk, because I guess what I'm really saying is I haven't even been to Pinkerton to see the atmosphere that's on right. a Friday you got night, to, so. You got to see the band practice. That's right. I did, yeah. The band was on the field practicing, and... There was no football to be found. It was Again, only as good as the Pinkerton band was. It was a little disappointing. <laughs> only in high school sports, right? Um, so yeah, that's one of one of two games between undefeated teams uh, in D one this weekend, and the other one, uh, another huge rivalry game uh, with Winnicott heading to Exeter. This one is on a Saturday afternoon, uh, one thirty kickoff on Saturday in Exeter, uh, which I you know I, I find interesting that that they do that because I think when Winnicott hosts this game, it's a Friday night. And I feel like whenever Exeter hosts it, it's a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Which, um, you know, I I will say that that's the I, maybe this is the downside I feel when when playing doing these games because it's late se- late September, you know, like this past Saturday, um, it was it, it was a cooler day, uh, but with the sun out on the turf midday, it was just it felt like so much hotter than it actually was. Uh, oh yeah, I, I feel that happens a lot at Exeter on a Saturday afternoon, uh, when when it's a nice sunny day. Um, that 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 heat just gets ramped up a little bit. Uh, but again, I mean, this should be, um, I mean, w- one of the best matchups I think that they've. Ha- I mean, they've had a lot of really good games in this series um, over the last I don't know several years. Um, you know, even when one team isn't quite as strong as they normally are, they, these are still pretty good games. Uh, and yeah. it'll be interesting, too, because Exeter, like we said, um, they had their game last week uh, against Central canceled. So, you know, will will that week off hurt them? Will it help them? Will they be a little bit fresher? Um, you know, I, I guess I guess only one way to find out, and, and we'll find out Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and even though it, it's, you know, it's, it's still early and, yeah, they missed a game last week, I would say Exeter goes into that category that we were just talking about with Pinkerton and, and Londonderry of, teams of the outside world probably wouldn't have expected to be going into this game undefeated. You know, they turned over, what, 23 seniors. A lot. It was a lot, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a massive class that they graduated, and a good class. And again, you know, you, you talk about the, these, these coaching staffs, right? Brian O'Reilly and his staff have been there for, God, almost 30 years, right? At least 30, over 30 years, years 40, probably. Over 40, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and um, Bill Ball and a lot of his staff have been intact at least since the mid '90s, uh, early '90s, I should say. Even longer, I believe. Um, and and yeah. there's there's a there's an element of consistency there that I think really helps these teams reload. Right, you you get good numbers. You have a consistent system that you've been using for a long time, and that the the, the school is bought into. It fits your kids well, whatever it is, right? And you can you can withstand these larger turnovers and still come out and, and have a great season. But, you know, it, as they say, right, you, you, you know, one of these teams is going to be undefeated at the end and one of them is going to have their first loss. And um, I'm not sure whether you put that up as one of the, the pigskin profit games to pick. You must have. But, man, <laughs> oh, that's going to be a tough one to pick. I really don't oh, know. I have all of these rivalry games I put on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know which way I'm going to lean on that one. I. It's like it's like uh, it's going to be like blindfolding yourself and throwing a dart at the dartboard. You know, I think that might be my method. It could be. Um, it could be another ugly week here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's just really hard to say, right? There's other games where you put up there where I take a look at it and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I, 
I know enough about these teams to be able to say this is what way I'd lean. But right. honestly, those two rival games, I'm not just saying this because they're, they're the, the rivalry games um, and, and all the spotlights are on. I, I really don't know right now whether I would lean one way or the other on those. That, that's a tough one. So from going looking back to, to last week real quick, um, I'd say the other kind of uh, old, uh, maybe not, I guess it's an old Division Three rivalry you had played last weekend with uh, with Bedford going to Portsmouth uh, and and beating Portsmouth twenty nine nothing in a game. Actually, the the score probably is a little bit more one sided than I think the game actually might have been. Uh, Bedford scored a little bit a couple times late there uh, to to put a little more distance between them and and, and Portsmouth. Um, but you know that's. Um, Always kind of an interesting matchup. You know, I, I remember that uh, Division Three championship game they played. Uh, that was definitely ten years ago. Uh, yeah, if you can believe that. Um, yeah, it was two thousand eleven. Right, right. And thinking about both of those teams being in Division Three back then, uh, how far we've come in ten years. Um, yeah, that was a loaded Division Three. They had right. Gosstown too, uh, um, who was in the playoff yeah. hunt that you know made made it the playoffs that year. Well, that was the that was the the top. You know, how how many years were were Sauhegan, Milford, and Portsmouth, three of your four playoff teams, and and Sauhegan right. and Milford missed the playoffs that year, and you had yeah, didn't make it. Yeah, Hollis and, and, you had, and, and Goffstown and Bedford and Portsmouth in there. Right. Yeah, that was really the first year that Bedford broke through. Right. As as you know, kind of having built up a program. Um. So yeah, that 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 that's a that's a fun little rematch there. But you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it was I, wherever my bias was at the beginning of the year. For some reason, I just wasn't expecting Bedford, uh, you know, to to be a top tier program. And there's nothing against Bedford or anything. I just for whatever reason, like whether I thought that they were graduating more people. Or whatever it was, I just figured, oh, Bedford's probably going to be a little down this year. And I don't remember why I felt that way, but man, was I wrong? <laughs> they've <laughs> they've they've played a strong couple weeks here against good opponents. And the, yeah, they've got a another rivalry game coming up this weekend, um, going to Goffstown. Um, you know, kind of a, a a weird situation for both teams because on the one side you've got Goffstown that hasn't played in two weeks. Um, you know, and and what right. are they going to come out and look like? But then, you know, and I, and I hadn't thought of this until someone mentioned it to me. Um, it, it's kind of tough for Bedford, too, because they, have, they don't have anything to go off of um, outside right. of Goffstown's opening game of the season against Exeter. And then they're, they're two quarters of football in the Jamboree. Um, so there's right. not and, a lot. And, lot even that, and even that film, uh, you know, you, maybe you have the Exeter film. I'm sure they do, right? That's, that's all they've got. But even that, right? You, you, you know, if you're, if you're Bedford, you're looking at a Goffstown team that spent, you know, four quarters defending the straight tee, right? Which right. is three running backs and and two tight ends, not a whole, you know, not a spread shotgun formation, right? So, even when you're looking at them defensively, you know, you're, you've got to have questions about whether you're going to see something even remotely similar against what you're going to run. Uh, so even what little film they have probably isn't of great value, um, at least on that side of the ball. Yes, that that's always a. I mean, I would expect that one to be a a great game, though. You know, despite Goffstown having uh, maybe a little rust to work off there, um, just because the, the the rivalry between the two schools, especially in football, has been 
uh, been way up there. Um, you know, like you said, going back quite a quite a while now. Um, yep. You know, so that that I expect to be a good one. Uh, you've also got uh, Dover and Spalding um, playing at Dover on on Friday uh, in a game that I well this is this is the oldest uh, rivalry in New Hampshire high school football. These guys these teams have been playing for I think it's got to be about a hundred years now. Um, wow. So and and they didn't play last year. Um, they were supposed to play. Actually, this weekend. Uh, the other interesting thing about this weekend too is that this was the week one a year ago. Uh, we started with the rivalry weekend uh, in 2020, right. and um, I believe Spalding. Yeah, we were up. laughing last year because we were like, they, they scheduled them all week one because they're like, if we're going to get any <laughs> any games in, we got to get yeah, these rivalry right. games in. <laughs> if it all falls apart after that, whatever. But we're going to get these games in. Yeah. Um, and then this, but this game didn't happen, um, I believe because Spalding had some COVID issues, um, when the school first, or when they first went back last year. Um, yeah. so yeah, they didn't play each other a year ago. So exciting that they're, they're getting to, uh, to reboot that, um, that rivalry. And then, uh, you've got a couple other ones too. Um, you know, Merrimack playing BG on Saturday night, uh, in Nashua. Um, you know, that one's been, uh, I think a classic matchup the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. I know for, I mean, for a while, for a long while that was dominated by BG. Uh, but they've kind of gone back and forth the last few years. And then, um, you know, the other net, the two Nashua, uh, public schools, uh, North and South meet, uh, Friday night in a game of teams that I honestly, if you had told me one of these teams was going to be three and O and one of these teams was going to be zero and three coming in, I may not have guessed that that it would be North that was undefeated and South that was was winless. Yeah. Um, especially on the, I mean, you know, not North has has had some uh, remarkable wins so far this year, just in in terms of uh, drama. I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously the Merrimack game was. Uh, I mean, you couldn't have scripted something for Hollywood right, and right. believed that. You know, um, and then they had to come back uh, to beat Wyndham. Uh, this past week as well, um, right? But I mean, I I would not have would not have guessed that that South would be uh, would be zero and three at this point. No, certainly not. And and you you know it, it makes it even more. You know, you you had said earlier, hey, do you start panicking if you're a Salem fan? Um, you know, you got to start to question with the talent that South has. I know they've been banged up a little bit here and there, but. Good talent, good coaching staff there. Um, you've got to figure right. Like, what are the odds of them going zero and four? I just, I just can't. I, I would have lost so much money. <laughs> Somebody had said, <laughs> "Do you want to bet on South going zero and four? You know, and and I, I'm, I'm not really sure I would still bet on that, right? I mean, rivalry game, your backs against the wall. Um, again, you've got you've got good talent. Um, I'm not sure that I would bet against South there, even with the, you know, what would seem like a, t- a scale tipped heavily in North's favor uh, from a record perspective. You know, I just, it's like you were saying about that Winnicott at Exeter game. There's been years where when that matchup happens, you know, one of those teams might have a, a you know, a couple, a couple losses more than the other, right? And, and it seems like, oh, this is going to be kind of an obvious one, but it's not because it's that rivalry game. It's like an anything can happen situation. I'm I'm wondering whether that's what you're going to see for North South this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm. 
Well, for South, I mean, this is kind of a. I mean, if if last week wasn't a must win, uh, yeah, this, this, is this week has to be, especially given that that their two games after this one are against BG and Pinkerton. Um, right. You know they they're gonna need um, they're gonna need to pick up some wins here. Maybe even win a game they're they're maybe not supposed to. Um, you know, coming down the stretch. Um, yeah. You know, but but it's yeah it, it and um like you said though anything can happen in these games um seen anything happen uh you know and and especially with this one too like you're saying in in years where one team should easily beat the other one that's been it's been much closer um you know and I think up until recently south had had a pretty good edge uh against against north in in some of these games or could, yep. that could have just been on thanksgiving is what I'm thinking of maybe <laughs> right um, but yeah, such a, a, it's, it's one of those Fridays where, you know, you really wish you could be, or one of these weekends where you wish you could be definitely in more than one place at a time. I would love to be able to, uh, watch all of these games and hopefully it can track some of them down, uh, you know, some live, some of the, the recordings from the live streams or something are, are floating around out there. Um, cause I well, absolutely would love to watch. You were these. just complaining saying that the, you didn't want the, the, Mac Plack game to be on Saturday. Now, see if it was on Saturday. Why? There's other you could games. Go over on and Saturday. see that game. <laughs> There's other games. I'm going to tell you what, Joe. I'm writing a strongly worded letter <laughs> to Pinkerton Academy when I get off the phone with you here, and I'm going to make sure that they consider my words for the future. Uh, I will. You know, I'll, we'll have to check in later to see what they think. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm sure that they will give it all the thought and consideration that it is due. Uh. <laughs> Um, any other, uh, any other final thoughts before we, uh, we kind of wrap up for the week? No, we're all, we're always, uh, we're always excited when this weekend comes up, you know, and, and we kind of say the same thing, uh, every year that we've been doing this about this weekend, just how, how much fun it is. And it's especially awesome this weekend with the stories that are associated with some of these, these things, whether it's two undefeated meeting, um, you know, like you said, the 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 Gosstown um, Bedford game has kind of an interesting story with Gosstown not being able to play the last couple of weeks. There's North South, the unpredictable 0 and 3 versus the unpredictable 3 and 0. I mean, there's some really great stories associated with these games this weekend too. So, uh, I I don't know. You know, I've I don't know which one I would recommend people to go to because I think there's going to be some really really cool football played this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Hard to believe, too, that it's week four already. We're in the last weekend of yeah. September. Yeah, there's another thing we find ourselves saying every year, yeah. right, is, is just how fast it goes, right? So get out and enjoy it when you can, Absolutely. especially during this. Uh, this has been a gorgeous September. I mean, just some great days and nights for football games. Absolutely. Yeah, tonight would have been a great one. Nice. There was a nice chill, nice chill yeah. in the air out there. But All right, well, I think that uh, just about does it for us for this week. Uh he is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for joining me, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking about these. Uh, what happens in these games next week. Yeah, should be fun as always. I'm Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you next week.